three tropes enter the cage. One will emerge victorious. Who will it be? We decide. Intro here. There you go. Hey there, romance nerds. I'm Jen. And I'm Jackie. We're two librarians from Nopal in upstate New York, and you're listening to Raging Romantics. In this podcast, we like to think a little too deeply about romance books. If you're into theory, history, and raging about romance landia, then you should stick around. Please be advised that some of the things we talk about may not be suitable for younger listeners. Content warnings for episodes are available in the show notes. Jen, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Let's Let's rage! rage! Beautiful. Thank you. See, I know a little football stuff. You're great. I've seen Although that. Although you did say enter the cage. Well, yeah, because that's like a, that's a thing. I don't care. Listen, sports are football. sports are the same, basically. Okay, there's a ball. You fight over stuff. It's fine. Not in like wrestling. Well, or they've got other matches. Welcome back, romance nerds. We are here as Jen introduced us beautifully for the final part of the trope off. We have three tropes. Jen, represent second chance. I only need one chance to win your hearts. Thomas, give us a shout out. Love triangles. (laughs) (laughs) That was the perfect introduction to love triangles. And as for me, it is a fake relationship. Am I the only one excited about my trope? No, I love fake relationships. Oh, good, good, good. I do have to say, I was thinking about this on the drive up. It's so weird where we ended up trope wise. Yeah, I really hate mine. I don't know. And I like had a hand in this, this downfall. So boo me. Boo good past job. Thomas. Hey, I said we could cheat and make Grumpy Sunshine one of the final tropes, but y'all said no. Mm-hmm. So we had to come by this honestly. Really and yeah, Love Triangle just foot. ended up being better. I don't know. I was that good at arguing for it. It'll be really interesting to see how we have to do this. Um, So how do we want to break this down? I think what we're going to do is we're each going to present, you know, like we would in a debate. I was never in debate club, so my only experience is with the Gilmore Girls um, when it comes to debate club. And I don't think there was a debate club. So I think we're going to give it like a breakdown. We're going to talk about why we love it, mention some books that fit the trope, and then we're going to have a discussion about what we think is the best trope from this list. And then we can give a shout out to what we really love for the best trope out there that's Ooh. not on this list. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Jen is so enthusiastic and so pumped. And she's also first to my left. And we read left to right. So I think okay. Jen should go first. On second chance. On second chance okay. romance. So it's hard to think about a new aspect of second chance I can mention that I did not explain brilliantly on the top of my head last time. But thinking about it really hard for the last couple of weeks, I really want to emphasize that I think second chance is one of the best tropes because number one, the drama, the tension, as Thomas explained so uh, lovingly last time, how much he loved that tension. I remember that. I think just the angst. There's so many emotional things that go into second chance that I think make it perfect for romance in general and the field. I think, too, when we go back to second chance, we love the chance to make up for our mistakes. We don't get that chance often enough in real life. So it's really nice to see, okay, you guys broke something earlier in your relationship, but either through your means, the universe's means, some dumb uh, slip of fate, you get a chance to fix things, which I think is really special and really important and something very rare, unfortunately, in this world. 
Because I want to be, uh, you know, very polite, but let's be honest. Let's make Nicholas Sparks proud. I really love a grovel. <laughs> like, I want that grovel. I want specifically the, the male character. I'm really sorry to be sexist, Thomas. I don't know if you're offended. You're oh, good with that. What? Well, I don't know, because it's usually, like, it usually is the male groveling, right? Like, yes, occasionally the women need to, but, like, I don't really romance It's not for as that. satisfying if the woman does. Yeah, that. I don't know I what it is. cringy. Yeah. yeah. There's an inherent power dynamic yeah. baked into that just because we exist in the world we exist mm-hmm. in. So I, the only I one it, it ever worked in was Trainwreck because like Amy Schumer just built her character oh, that way. That's the only I time I've ever that. seen like a female grovel that wasn't like oh. like go, just go find a new guy just start over. That's a good point. Yeah that for whatever reason example. but you know going back to bo- uh, Bromance Book Club to all of our favorite romance podcasts like there is something inside of us that loves a good grovel <laughs> and people really just crawling over broken glass to be like I'm so sorry forgive me I love you I messed up. <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. I think often too, we, when people make mistakes, it's really hard to take accountability and to actually say sorry and not just offer a lot of excuses. So I think second chance, it gives you that grovel that, okay, I am sorry. This is where I messed up. I'm going to make it up to you both verbally and in actions. So I think that's one aspect of the grovel. I think too, it's really important just seeing that people can actually change. I think when I think of all the people I know, and granted, that's not a lot. Like, I need to get out more. <laughs> but all the people that I do know, like, uh, are, you, are you really capable of change? I don't know. Maybe. I think in some ways you're kind of stuck where you are. And, or maybe it'll take, like, a couple decades, you know, to, like, chill out or do some <laughs> really heavy self-reflection. So it is nice that in romance, specifically in a lot of these second chance novels, because I think one of the popular aspects is, like, the cold, harder character kind of, like, Coming to has like a come to Jesus moment where they change and they become a better person. I think that's an aspect of second chance that is really important and really special. This is an option too that I definitely want your thoughts on when we are talking. But I was reading a second chance last night in preparation for this, and I realized one of the things I also love about second chance is it offers a place for female anger. That we do have spots like that in romance, but I'm reading this plot and I just really want this character to scream at this guy. I want her to like close the door in his face. I want her to be really sarcastic, really bitter, really mean because he hurt her. And I want her to like actually show that. And oftentimes I think, I don't know if it's the author or the genre, but you, or maybe it's just like women in general. We're like, oh, we got to be polite. We got to be nice. We have to be like so-and-so super sweet. So no, none of the characters like no and slam the door in their face. They were like, okay, fine, come in and I'll talk to you. But I love that aspect where it is like, no, you have a right to scream because I was hurt. And it doesn't work as well, again, going back to the sexism thing, doesn't work as well for the men. Like the men, it would be scary if the men <laughs> screamed yeah. at the women like that. Yeah. Outside of dark romance. Outside of dark romance. That's one. Even dark romance con- though. Maybe we're in a consensual setting. Yeah. That's true. Non yeah, um, consensual non consent is important too for that. So uh, that's not anything I've ever seen people talk about. But that was just kind of my feelings as I'm reading some of these last night to prep. I was like, oh, this is really fun just to see her get angry, because there are there are instances of female anger in books, but I can't think any off the top of my head. Usually, it is something like this, especially where it's directed at the. Like male love interest or yeah. the other love interest, mm-hmm. yeah. It is like, um, uh, gosh, I just read one where it was directed at her mother, who was extremely toxic. Yeah, okay. But um, not so much. Yeah. Usually the love interest. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I know we're not chatting about it. No, yet, it's okay. But, but I, I did want to throw that out. <laughs> I did want to throw it out there because I don't know if that was like really 
weird of me or maybe I just need to read the kind of romance where they do slam the door in their face and like <laughs> really make them work mm-hmm. I think is kind of what I like again I feel like I'm proving Nicholas Sparks right in a couple of instances today so far. sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry to that in general I think too second chance yes it can be angsty and really dramatic and uh, insane I think in general second chance has the opportunity to be very funny and cathartic in just a, a weird way. I know usually people see it as like, oh, it's so dramatic and sad and it gets dragged out. But I do think there is something really funny where the guy is like constantly trying to be like, forgive me, forgive me, let me prove myself. And she's just like, no! <laughs> like, I do think it's funny. I really enjoy it. <laughs> see, Thomas agrees. He laughed with me. I think um, one aspect, too, of The Second Chance, I love how it's a little bit different than a typical romance. I hate to say typical because, you know, no romance is really typical, but it does follow the normal beats of boy meets girl. There's a spark. There's some love. There's some drama. There's this and that. And then marriage happily and, you know, happily for now, whatever. But I do really like in Second Chance, there is a backstory. There's a shared past between them and then things go wrong and they go broken. It's just kind of like another added stop in what is usually a typical romance plot. So I like that we can kind of go back to either the beginning, whether that's, you know, a couple of days ago or years ago. I like that they've got more of this depth to them. So it's just a totally different kind of angle that I really enjoy. And finally, I think the most important thing is you get to see in a second chance that people can actually fix what they broke. Both of them together. And I think that's just really beautiful. Thank you. I don't have an applause sound on my soundtrack, but good I job, good job. Me. I'm clapping on my shoulder because I only Thank have you. one hand as I hold the mic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was beautiful. Thank, Thank you. you. And that was also beautiful timing because it was seven minutes. Oh! Good job. Oh. Good job. All right. Thomas has been typing this entire time. Yeah, I'm curious what your notes Very are. Very interesting. Your, my notes are entirely on Jen's. Oh, I, have so zero, nice. I have no prepared thoughts on mine. You've mm-hmm. given some really great insight that I can't wait to that. discuss. Oh, good. I'm really excited. I was excited okay. to see what you say. Okay. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about the love triangle. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what I have to say about it, too, because I didn't really give it much deep thought, which I had tons of time to do, and I didn't. Uh, So, but as we had talked about last time, there's this interesting evolution between YA romance and adult romance now where love triangles are incredibly prevalent in YA literature, obviously, Twilight's one big example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse my snort in the background. I feel like, though, it's not just YA, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It it's, it's, it's speaks to our id. Yeah. 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 And that's something you had been saying earlier before we started recording, Jen, is mm-hmm. we, deep down, no matter how much we might hate the trope, and I re- I'm not a big fan of the trope, mm-hmm. even though I voted for it to win last time. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was just that good at it. I, it. You were just that good, Jen. I was. I should have been on the debate team. <laughs> but it speaks to our id in a way that romance is supposed to, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why so many people are drawn to dark romance, because we can experience these things that might not otherwise be healthy in the yeah. real world. Uh, but we, we all want to be desired, and we all want to feel like we're being desired by multiple people who are totally willing to, like, kill each other for you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's hot. Like... Put me there. Mm-hmm. What's hotter is why choose. Mm. Oh, you know, but we're talking love triangles. We're not like that evolved yet. <laughs> but and I and when you're a teenager, <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thinking a lot about YA at this yeah. moment, where you're probably 
I mean, I'm not a teenager anymore. I don't know what the kids are thinking these days, <laughs> the but usually monogamy is the thing. Yeah, the I mean, thing. I'm very open minded and, I, you know, love is love, yada, yada. But probably before you're 18, you shouldn't really be poly. Just yeah. the thought. Like, it, it's a lot. A relationship in general requires yeah. a level of maturity. And the yeah. more people you add into that relationship. Yeah, it sounds like a bad idea. I know. Adults are bad at communicating yeah, with teenagers, mm-hmm. which is how I think we get into why choose. Mm-hmm which takes the desirable aspects of the love triangle, which is the sense of feeling desired and marrying that with a sense of autonomy and gives you the freedom to not have to choose and have your cake and eat it too, which I think can be especially empowering in where it's, you know, the woman's the center and Mm -hmm. there's multiple men. Um, (laughs) <laughs> like same sex like i don't think you would have the issue of the love triangle <laughs> personally i thought multiple times how would this work mm. and i'm like well maybe two of them don't like each other yeah. and i could see it being like a competitive thing yeah it could be a competitive because you thing. know for as much as the love triangle oh yes the center wants to be chosen mm-hmm. but the other ends want to be chosen by the center too it's like, like heart you want to win yeah and heart stopper mm-hmm. uh ben is upset that Charlie chose Nick Mm -hmm. and he resents Nick, but Nick's also like, I hate you, Ben, because you're a terrible person. Mm -hmm. So there was no, uh, there was no opportunity for like a why choose in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I think it has to be, I don't know if you can call it a why choose if it's same sex. And isn't that just, well, I'm sure you you probably can. I know back in the old day, I definitely read some really cringy uh, bisexual yeah. love triangle. Oh, that's a good point. Where it was like uh, closeted homophobic writing yeah. where they were like, oh, but she ends up always choosing the man mm-hmm. because that's the quote unquote correct yeah. choice, which is <clears throat> wrong. Um, but I, yeah, I don't like love triangle, but it is fun to read sometimes. So I like the drama, too, again, of the choice, because usually they're very opposite kind of lifestyles they're offering for you i don't like the word lifestyle but i'm thinking like in the hunger games where everybody upholds well the people who are dumb they uphold the <laughs> hunger games as oh it's just this love triangle between katniss and Peeta and gail and that's the important part but really they're symbolic of the kind of choices katniss is supposed to make about mm. her life and her feelings about the capital that is true so i think sometimes it can be good if it's something like that where they're like total opposites and you really are deciding like let's say it's paranormal and you have to decide well am i going to stay human am i going to turn a vampire mm. or if it's something like an enemies to lovers like am i gonna go with the safe choice that maybe not safe but let's go say um the choice that will let me stay with my family and my society my the life as i know it or am i gonna go run away and have this insane love story with an enemy like i can see that aspect of love triangles being really powerful as well not just the internal like ooh, everybody likes me <laughs> <laughs> well that's what bella's situation was if mm. she chose edward she would have to give up her family right and her mortal life and if she chose jacob Mm -hmm. then she could have it but then i guess she wouldn't be immortal i don't know well the werewolves were dangerous because they had that whole subplot with (gasps) that one woman who got scarred yeah Yeah, i forgot about mm -hmm. that yeah also jacob didn't imprint on her so that's like an immediate this ain't gonna work out right so i think that's that's something about love triangles we don't necessarily see anymore because you know we have more acceptance of poly in our our choices yeah now as we're speaking about it i i'm I'm thinking about it more as everyone's talking about mm-hmm. how it might be difficult to 
put it in a same-sex context mm-hmm. um, because maybe I've only thought about it through a hetero mm-hmm. lens for so long. So I'll, I would be intrigued to look at literature that explores. Yeah. I'm sure there's got to be some. There are a lot of toxic lesbian love triangles oh, out there. Oh, that's true, yeah. Very classic. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm reading Astrid Parker. I'm rereading Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail Right Now. Mm-hmm. And there is a love triangle-esque between... So Astrid is the main heroine. She's a baby gay. And then she falls for Jordan, who was previously married to Meredith. But Meredith had cancer and left Jordan. But Jordan is obviously still kind of hung up on Meredith because mm-hmm. they were married for so long. So there's this kind of like toxic relationship between Joe Jordan excuse me and Meredith and then at the same time there's Meredith really hates Astrid and she tries to sabotage her career and then Astrid and Jordan are trying to like start so there is there are toxic love Mm -hmm. triangles out there especially because there's like this stereotype of toxic lesbians Mm -hmm. and how we always stay friends with our exes Mm -hmm. even after like we break things off and that's kind of toxic to think about but it does exist I'm really interested that you say it doesn't actually like not really exist maybe you read a lot more gay romance than I do. I read a lot more like lesbian and bi romance than you do, or like bi women. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. And maybe it does exist out there, and I mm-hmm. just am not aware of it. Because you d- know, like feelings are very messy. Yeah. Yeah. And like it is definitely possible that like two thirds of the group hate each other. Yeah. So it is like, well, you're you're not only picking me, but you're also saying like I'm right, I'm better than you know my yeah. rival. Yeah. These are all the thoughts I would have had had I thought about this deeper before. <laughs> We turn the mic on. You're all making very great points. I don't know. I'm sure it does exist out there. I just haven't reached for it. Uh, It would be interesting to look. I trust your editing skills to make me sound (laughs) much more smarter. What was the last love triangle you read in a book? Mm, Did you like it? Yeah. That brings me to uh, The Clockwork Angel by Cassandra Mm. Clare. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Which was a messy book. But much more interesting <laughs> love triangle in which Tessa has to choose between Jem and Will, but Jem and Will like love each other like brothers, mm. but they also love Will. And in the end, she gets them both. Mm. So. I have to reread the series. I never finished it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I just, I do feel like, okay, we're being a little flippant, just being like, oh, just choose, just all of them. But that's not how real life works. Mm-hmm. Like, I could very well end up falling in love with somebody and, like, I hate the other person they're attached to. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. very possible. Yeah, and now mm-hmm. as you say that, sorry to all my fellow gays out there for being <laughs> like, you should all just... Oh, just yeah, get along with each other. <laughs> you you should all... <laughs> I'm being like, oh, yeah, of course you would all just want love each other (laughs) yeah um obviously that's how people work Mm -hmm. in my brain in a fictional world yeah i'd be like sure you could just make it easy smooth it over Mm -hmm. just enjoy it for the ride but But, uh, in the real world it it, it would be unrealistic yeah yeah and i think that's why the love triangle is still pretty prevalent in in romance yeah because there are times when you do want that genuine no i hate your guts and i want this person Mm -hmm. or even then it it maybe isn't so much dramatic as like i hate your guts but like i want you to choose me over everything yeah don't want to share you yeah because people forget like we are very possessive yeah i am really possessive i don't want anybody touching my stuff <laughs> that's valid uh-huh yeah so that's that <laughs> snaps for thomas beautiful i really do need to finish um reading cassandra claire's i think i only ever read the first book 
in the series. Maybe the second one. Like yeah, I know. I just started reading her new one. I got an arc of her new one coming out, oh, the adult. It's so good. Is it? Okay. Yeah. It's like Kingmaker Chronicles or something yeah. like that. It's fantastic. So, I don't know. I got a little put off by, spoiler alert, the fact that she is her, he is her brother mm-hmm. and that. But then, like, Winchester. So, I guess I can let it's the good It's pretty common roll. in fanfic. Yeah. Because, you know, it is based off fan fiction. Yes. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. we had we the had whole discussion. discussion. Yeah. With yeah. paranormal. It's a whole big <laughs> drama sphere. Yeah. <laughs> Jen's still Sorry. coughing. It's not as bad. This is still cringing. <laughs> okay. Well, that was very good. Thank you. Beautiful, Jackie. Would you like to talk to us about your trope now? I can't wait. Okay. So, girls, gays, and theys, hello. And thank you for allowing me to speak my mind on why I think the fake relationship trope is better than these two arguments when it comes to tropes and romance Were you, books. like, taking notes while we were doing ours? No. Did you learn? I wrote this in a bleary, like, half-tired uh, after okay, coming sorry. in from the barn. Sorry, so. I just was like... <laughs> no, I, I, I listened. I just kind of faded out. But anyways, um, I will admit, when I picked this trope out of the jar, I wasn't entirely sure I was a happy camper. I had been desperately hoping that Enemies to Lovers or Grumpy Sunshine would make it to the final round because those two are my favorite tropes in Romance Landia. However, as I conducted my research, and yes, this is very last-minute research, I came to the realization that fake relationship is something i well and truly love in a romance book and i read a lot of it which kind of surprised me um so allow me to enumerate why if i may thank you thank you now contrary to popular belief fake relationship does not only mean fake dating Fake relationship is an all-encompassing trope, an umbrella, if you will, under which many little froggy tropes and situations, capital S and situations, also fall. For instance, fake relationship does lend itself strongly to fake dating, yes, but it also applies to marriage of convenience, fake engagement, fake marriage, PR stunt, get someone else jealous, get parents, family, friends off your back, purple marriages, enemies to lovers, friends to lovers, the bet, and so many more. Point Fake relationship lends itself beautifully to rom-coms, which tend to dominate genre romance in the publishing sphere today. And why? It has the perfect blend of heat, awkward, and tension that creates a beautiful rom-com. We love the awkward. We love the tension that results in it. I think one of my favorite examples can be seen in um, White Christmas, which is like a Christmas rom-com. It's an old and timey one if you've never seen it. It's good. Um, Where the best friend and the sister decide to fake an engagement to get the quote-unquote mother hens off their backs so that the mother hens can then feel comfortable enough to be in their own relationship. They're at a Christmas party and they announce their engagement and are met with, well, aren't you going to kiss her? Mm -hmm. Danny Kay, the male main character, says, yes, sir, to the general who asks him and gives Vera Allen, the female main character, a light peck on the lips. The general just stares at him and Vera Allen kind of like just gazes starry eyed up at him and he goes, yes, sir. And then he really lays one on her. It kind of sounds cringy. Thomas is making a face, but (laughs) (laughs) but she is like Vera Ellen is very, very into it Um, and she swoons into his arms. So Danny and Vera were not in a real relationship, even though Vera was visibly crushing on Danny the entire movie. But they're forced to give PDA in a room full of friends and family and their natural tension between one another comes out as they have to kiss and make it seem real. Only they weren't really faking now, were they? It's all about the angst. Will They, Won't They is also the name of the game. Now, we know that since this is a romance book, in the end, they will ultimately 
um, get together. But for the entirety of the book, they are fighting against their natural compulsion to have feelings for each other. Unlike in other romance tropes, the characters are on the same page, where even though their feelings of lust and love are growing by the page, by the paragraph even, they can't let their emotions show to one another, thinking that the other is just in it for the fake relationship part. So the pining, the angst, the lust grows until finally it explodes on page with a kiss like Danny Kaye's or a wind-up-in-bed moment, which inevitably leads to a freakout, which inevitably leads to a wild, inciting incident towards a conclusion and an even wilder confession scene a la 10 Things I Hate About You. It's the, oh no, I'm catching feelings, what will I do? Well, we as the romance reader know that what they're gonna do <laughs> it's kind of obvious um but it's just so juicy and so dramatic to watch them like fight against everything with every step into hem and to haw and to angst over it all it feels really real like when you have a crush on somebody it feels like that same sort mm -hmm. of like oh my god I really love this person but I can't let anything show and it's all at the same time that they're probably feeling the same thing because it's a fake relationship and you guys are forced proximity with one another and uh, I think a lot of the other romance tropes, <laughs> love triangle, I'm looking at you, kid, um, just don't really have that beautifulness. I'm looking yeah. at me, too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mirror right in front of Thomas. He's looking at himself right now. <laughs> um, consent. And this was something I didn't really realize was a point for fake relationships until mm -hmm. I really started digging into other lists and discussions. There's a mutually beneficial agreement that leads us into the fake relationship situation. Both parties are aware of it at the outset. There's a list of rules that are agreed to and made to be joyfully broken. And everyone is on the same page, even if their feelings slowly lead them astray. Okay, so with, with the plot like She's All That, where one person has very different motivations and, like, you know, he's under different kind of circumstances. Yeah, yeah so it's more of a bet than a fake relationship, yeah. even though, like, his motivations are maybe fake to her. Yeah. Okay. I, that is a fake dating, mm -hmm. but I don't think that that is a fake relationship. So fake relationship has to have both people involved yes. and like yes i want a fake yeah. relationship with you okay. yeah yeah um so like in marriage of convenience where mm -hmm. they're like okay we're gonna marry each other but you know we're not gonna sleep to yeah. with each other or like um was it uh, suzanne enoch no there's one of our favorite historical romance authors had one where they were married and then they were separated and he's living in london and she's living in the country and then she's like i want a baby and she goes to see him and that was like sarah mclean what was that sarah mclean probably yeah and like it wasn't part of their original terms but mm -hmm. then she's like i'm gonna get pregnant and he's like okay well <laughs> twist my arm um but then he's like i actually still have feelings for you mm -hmm. so that's kind of like the fake relationship marriage of convenience okay. contemporary fake relationship um so for instance i think of red white and royal blue mm. off okay. the top of my head because it's not it's not fake dating. They're supposed to be friends, right? They're supposed to be cordial with one another. Um, and no, I still have not seen the TV show, so sorry about that. Um, it's not oh, good. It's so sad. Oh. Oh, the previews look so pretty. Yeah. Plus female yeah. president. Woo. Yeah, anyways. Um, but so they aren't dating, but they're friends, and then they have to kind of, like, fake this friendship, and it almost, like, tricks them into being, like, friendly with each other, and then mm -hmm. it just kind of grows from there. So it's, like, not fake dating, but fake friendship. Um, and finally, the awe moments, like, aww, that inevitably happen, like when someone performs an act of love in private. You know, it's genuine and not a part of the bargain. Mm -hmm. But then they just try to brush it off, like, oh, no, I was just doing that in case there were paparazzi outside, but they're in the middle of the 
house and nobody's there. I don't know. Um, I could really just eat that up with a spoon. Or when they bare their souls to each other because in their eyes it's only a temporary thing. And so they can say whatever they want and it won't matter in the long run, right? Mm-hmm. Like in Red, White, and Royal Blue with the texting. Still my favorite example of texting and books with the turkey. I can still think of the turkey mm-hmm. and the little doodle on the page. So that is my examples of why fake relationship is possibly the best trope. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, you are obviously the most prepared here. That's ironic. (laughs) So now let's talk about it. I feel like, okay, I feel like Thomas is going to end up being the tiebreaker because you hate love triangles and you didn't do a very convincing love triangle thing. And I think we're all No, I'm sorry. No offense. No offense. Yeah, I didn't really think about it very critically. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like it. Sorry. So I feel like really we're coming down to Thomas being the deciding vote because I'm obviously voting for myself. Yeah. Like you were good, but you didn't like I am obviously gonna vote for myself because that's who I am as person. Okay. Okay. Fair. So I guess Tom it's down to Thomas again, tiebreaker. Well let's chat it out. Let's okay. let's See if, have uh, an open discussion. We I mean we had a big discussion about love triangles. We don't need to talk about that again. Yeah. Um let's talk about a second chance. Oh please, I would love to. Why do we love second chance? Why do we hate second chance? Thomas? Thomas has notes. He's prepared. Yeah, I'm curious to see because I know I said a lot and I'm curious. Uh, you were taught we were talking about how we prefer the woman yeah being the one who's expressing the rage and the man right. having to grovel mm. and that being like a part of second chance romance yeah and i think it's because it's subversive and it's nice to see a man not relying on outbursts mm. to try and fix a problem because uh like that automatically breaks the problem makes him less of a hero and that's usually how men react to things when Mm -hmm. uh they're in a tough spot um so seeing a hero put in the work obviously not all men but like if we're gonna do some sweeping generalizations today okay uh quote unquote (laughs) men (laughs) (laughs) sorry as a man i'll i feel like i'll just say just know where i'm coming from guys we kind of suck uh, don't worry we know don't worry <laughs> um and on the flip side it's nice being able to see a woman express rage mm-hmm. without being penalized mm-hmm. like she's given the space and we trust that these two people are going to be able to work it out yeah. they're going to have the emotional intelligence i think that's a good point because usually in real life, I would worry these people are going to end up like in a police station or on mur- on, on on something like Murray. Not that Mari, he's around. Murray, yeah, not that Mari, he's around Mari, anymore. I don't know. But in a, in a romance novel, okay, you, you guys can like father. you can rage at each other, and you know eventually there is going to be some kind of understanding that happens. Mm-hmm. So you get it all out. You get all the door slamming, all the screaming, all the "how could you do this to me?" kind of sentiment, and then the sky's clear, hearts open up, things start to work out. Not super realistic, but that's not why we read romance. Yeah. So I uh, two things. Yeah. So I think on one hand, you are slightly narrowing down second chance a mm-hmm. little too much because I think you're missing the like um, former lovers to mm-hmm. current lovers. Well, situation. that's fair. I think again, like I it literally only just popped into my head last night as I'm reading yeah. these books. Of, like <laughs> it's okay. It's just like one aspect of second yeah. chance. Like I do really like to like the the ex husband coming back. Or, and like, a the lot second- of it has the same stuff too that you were talking <laughs> yeah. about, like the groveling and the slamming yeah. doors and the why did you leave me mm-hmm. before? Um, but I do like it when they've done her wrong and she does get to be like you suck. Yeah. And then they get to change. Yeah. 
And again, sexist of me, maybe. It's just not as satisfying when a woman does it. Yeah. Well, this is also, so this is slightly tangential, but I'm reading a lot of Dark Academia right now and talking about female rage. There is a lot of female rage and denied second chance in Mm. Dark Academia. That's nice. So, for instance, They Never Learn is about a female professor who takes um, a young woman who is sexually assaulted under Mm -hmm. her wing and she teaches her how to kill people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... It's kind of like a subverted, it's the opposite side of the coin. It's the dark side. It's the fun side. Mm-hmm. It's the, I'm not going to give you a second chance, yeah. actually. I'm just going to. I do actually like that, too, when you had been a really bad boyfriend and you come crawling back and you get to be like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that can kind of lend itself into love triangle. Kind of yeah. like Ashford Parker doesn't fail, right. where you have the denied second chance mm-hmm. and you move on to the new one instead, yeah. which sounds bad, but. No, I think that's fair. Sometimes people just have to leave each other behind. Yeah, but I feel like with love triangles, I don't consider a love triangle if both contenders don't have a chance. Mm. So with like Astrid Parker, I feel like Meredith Meredith didn't really have a chance. Like obviously Jordan was pining, but I didn't feel like Meredith was a real competition no. so it has to be like a twilight thing where bella I, is torn that's between what them. i perceive mm, that's fair um yeah not to go on a tangent about yeah. my thing uh, <laughs> but i i when we're not talking about ac- dark ac- uh, academia where you don't get a second chance you just get mm-hmm. dead yeah uh, <laughs> that's fine, yeah. it's nice it's comforting no, to read that change is possible yeah. even though as you were saying mm-hmm. there are people in our lives that we know probably are won't ever and i like too that y- sometimes too it's so hard to change a first impression of somebody yeah. so i like in the one i read um kate c wells who i absolutely adore like i haven't been in a reading slum for so long but I, she came out with a very modern take on a harlequin it was so good so it was very much this guy has like no idea what his wife is really going for. He makes all these assumptions of what's going on. And you see kind of the drawing realization of being like, oh, this is what she meant. Like, I think that's really powerful in yeah. Second Chance. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Second Chance is in a lot more romance books than are just like pigeonholed as Second Chance mm-hmm. because every single book that has a third act breakup has a Second Chance. Yeah. So it is very, very popular. Yeah. Even if we aren't talking about, like I was saying, like, you right. know, they were teenage lovers and, and now know, back. they're back <clears throat> together again. That's fair. I guess then as we're defining what a love triangle is, I think that's an interesting way of mm. defining what a second chance romance is. Like there has been an obvious like break break. Yeah. Whereas the third act breakup isn't going to be as long mm-hmm. as like they were high school lovers. Yeah. I like the third act break. I don't. It depends. It depends. It depends. It feels flimsy sometimes. Sometimes. I think sometimes people rely too much on kind of the stereotypes of, oh, you're lying to me and I'm not going to talk to you about it. So I'm just going to run away. Yeah. I think that's especially in college. I see that really lazy. Can we give some examples of a good and a bad third act breakup second chance? I can think of a good one. What? Red, white and royal blue. Of course. So (laughs) I really love a third act and a second chance that are like. Like with, like with Twilight, where it's like they have to choose an outcome, right? right? So in Red, White, and Royal Blue, is it? It's Alex who is like, well, I have to choose. Either I am going to like publicly out myself, or I am going to choose to be like the happy, staid son of a politician. And like both 
choices have like clear paths to follow. Um, I think that is a good example of a third act breakup because there's this inner turmoil that the character really has to work through and really has to decide what they want to do versus, I mean, there's so many bad ones. I can't even think of a bad one right now. <laughs> are we just doing good or are we doing? Oh, oh. Uh, <clears throat> a bad one is a popular one. Uh, it oh, happened one? one summer by Tessa Bailey. Oh, okay. The second act breakup is catalyzed oh, by yeah. Piper not getting to the dock in time to see Brendan off. So he just assumes, oh, she, she's done with me. She's going to mm-hmm. go back to the city. And then she just goes back to the city. I'm like, girl, just like, wait. <laughs> 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 and it, it, it feels so unnatural. Yeah. <laughs> It feels very trite. It felt like Tessa Bailey was like, okay, gotta get yeah. that in. Because I'm trying to think of bad stuff. And honestly, I just keep thinking of a lot of Kindle Unlimited. No offense to Kindle Unlimited. You guys know we love Kindle Unlimited. But occasionally it feels like the authors are just trying to throw in like a lazy drama at the very end. So there's some manufactured problem. The Dragon's Bride that we just read. Katie oh, Robert yeah. that we just read for book. Mm-hmm. You didn't read it. I'm sorry. Jen I will. Read it. I will. Curses on your cows. <laughs> but no. So in that one, there is... Obviously, it's a dragon, and the heroine is a human, and, you know, there is magic to where the human can get pregnant. Um, so, trigger warning for pregnancy trope and breeding kink in this one. Um, <laughs> never something I thought I'd say on the podcast. But, so, there is an amulet that is magical birth control that the heroines all wear throughout the book until they have, like, a discussion. They're like, I'm going to take it off. Um, well, in this one, in the book, in the first book, in Dragon the Bride, there is a breeding kink where part of it is that the heroine finds it really sexy when the the hero like threatens to break the the cord and then in a moment of passion he bites through it well the bargainer demon who brought the humans into their world this is really like bizarre if you haven't read the book i'm so sorry but he bites through it bargainer demon shows up he's like that's a breach of contract that was like non-consensual she did not want children yet she wanted to remain child free and so he takes the bride away and like she's lounging well she's not really lounging she's like in his (laughs) castle and she's not happy and she wants to get back to the dragon so then the dragon shows up but it's like that felt it felt good but also really fast and really rushed because I really liked it was about consent it was about you know what the heroine wanted and it was protection of the heroine but then at the same time it was very like okay a page later they're back together pacing you can have a good premise for a third act breakup, but it's all about the pacing. That's very hard. Yeah. And I'm sure it takes many rewrites. Mm-hmm. A good third act breakup that felt very natural to me was Weather Girl by Rachel Lynn Solomon. Because there's a fine line between something being predictable and like, oh, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I know that was coming. And being like, oh, okay, I can see how you've planted the seeds for this to have come up. Where our heroine has been struggling with her mental health and being open about her mental health with the men she's been with has put a toll on her past relationship. So she's concerned that's what's going to happen. And so towards the third act of the book, she has this conversation with the hero and something about her mental health comes up and he doesn't react to it in a way that she considered to be positive. And so it kind of caused the relationship to spiral into a third act breakup but it was a catalyst for our heroine to do deeper self-work that she had been resisting throughout the book 
and also opened up a conversation for the hero to realize what he needs to work on. So it like did something for the characters to both improve mm. themselves. Sorry, I was like, and then you kept going. I was like, oh, oh okay. Um, Happy Place by Emily Henry is another really good example of a fake relationship and a second chance. Hey, both of us together. You haven't so read that nice. one yet, Jen. Not yet. Okay. Um, but they are they were together they were engaged they broke it off and now they come back together and they have to fake a relationship they have to fake that they are still engaged for their friends because it's like the last summer at you know this cabin that they all go to every year um and then also their friends are getting married so they're like well we can't say we're not together anymore but then like you were saying with that one it's a really good way for them to work through their past issues but then at the same time when they do break it off it is a come to jesus moment i think jen was the one who said that mm-hmm. the main heroine who we think is named harriet but we're too lazy to google it right now um for her to like work through a lot of these issues and for her to realize that she's not happy in her current position um so yes pacing um character development character arc and um for it to feel natural i think is a very important for a second chance mm. yeah cool okay sweet can we think of any books without a third act breakup I know this isn't like the third act breakup podcast. No, sure, there's, there's plenty, I'm sure. It's just, yeah. I do think it's a really popular kind of cu- climax yeah. people can use in romance. I know. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I saw Jackie smirk at me. I know there's been some. I mean, honestly, I'm still struggling to find a good third act breakup in my list. Oh, no. I was. I have my Goodreads. Oh, I, had, I know. I had, I've been yeah. going through my Goodreads, too. I, I have one, mm-hmm. um, which I'd spoken uh, about few podcasts ago uh good boy by serena bowen oh yeah and l kennedy Mm. um where the there's still a third act conflict but it's external in the hero's life and isn't necessarily between the hero and the heroine in like a negative way it's the heroine having to encourage the hero to realize something about himself in order to help mitigate an Mm. external conflict Mm. and it was interesting because I was expecting a third act breakup, but instead it exemplified these two people being able to help each other mm-hmm. work through their own problems. I have a question for you guys. Does it ever annoy you to have a third act breakup that happens because one of the characters wants to protect the other one? I hate the third act breakup regardless. So yeah. Well, that's fair. But like, is it especially annoying if it's like, if I stay with you, I'm going to hurt you? Oh, yeah. It's a little like self-serving is that the word i'm looking for or Maybe like a little patronizing patronizing it there depends, we go it patronizing it does depend on the conflict like i'm going through my list and i'm seeing a lot of things where oh it's just like a christian gray like oh i'm such a monster because i like spanking and i gotta let you go which is like very <laughs> stupid but then there are a couple that were legitimately like no i could kill you like my touch kills you i have an issue with an enemy that could kill you i have to run away to protect you yada yada and then of course like the other one follows and is like i'm not letting you go or somehow things get resolved in another way but i it can really really annoy me it really kind of depends how it's done plot wise and author wise i would definitely have an answer for you if i could remember the plots of any of the books i have ever read well like i know like my favorite ones like i remember yeah like a gina uh, showalter with her lords of the underworld series the darkest seduction with paris and Sienna, she does. Uh, she actually dies in one of the books and becomes possessed by one of the demons, and then she has this whole thing because I think they were going to use her as like an enemy against the Brotherhood, or so she had to run away and he had to like go chase after her. It was a whole thing. Of course, yeah, the Brotherhood, not the Brotherhood. Not many people they call themselves, but it's been a while. 
But and Gina Showalter's got a couple things like that. Like she did another one in her Alien Seductrix, where yeah, again, like he would kill you if he touched you. That's a good word, seductress. Seductress, yeah. Heard that whole series, like Alien. It was like a sci-fi world she did for a minute. Mm. The stakes of the third act breakup. You made a good point. Yeah, like how if, important it is. Like, are we breaking up because me like spanking you would mm-hmm. kill you, yeah. or is it just because? <laughs> Or because, or just because I, I think it's weird. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, taking it way too personal. Yeah, I'm taking it way too far, mm-hmm. and I'm being overly dramatic. Yeah, about it. Yeah, uh, I find that the ones that are caused by miscommunication are the worst. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like if if it's really flimsy and really stupid, or if it is just like, could you just ask the person about this? Mm-hmm. As opposed to no, I saw you like making out with my mother-in-law. <laughs> no, if you touch me, I could die. Like some of these like really firm things. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little or like if it's gonna be an overarching plot where like no i gotta run away to save the world or something and we'll get back together in book two yeah and that really shows like the immaturity of their relationship still mm. and if we're at the end of the book and they still are incapable of having those conversations yeah. to mitigate mm-hmm. a third act breakup over something that dumb i'm not gonna yeah. end up wanting to root for the but it depends because you know one of the books I recommended a couple episodes ago was they were dealing with infertility Mm. and that like really tore them apart because they were both blaming each other Mm. or the one cheating book I ever did like and read again Katie C. Wells which was amazing he had to like go through this whole process because they were dealing with infertility infertility there too and I think if it's something internal and emotional like that Mm -hmm. totally fair miscommunication because you guys for some reason aren't going to therapy so you're not yeah. talking those to are each high other. stakes like yeah fertility mm-hmm. yeah it's a whole thing so yeah. i think it can depend on the topic but some if it is just like i saw you talking to your ex oh <laughs> yeah i hate that and they just assume that they're back together or you again. hear like a snippet yeah just like a line and you're not there mm-hmm. for the whole conversation of oh i hate her because really i love her so much i hate <laughs> how much i hate that i don't love her more or something stupid it's like the whole yeah piece. hallmark yeah. does that a lot yeah. and it really bugs me mm-hmm. or they'll hear like one part and then they're like oh my god i mean then they like leave the country yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think those are are some of the reasons why i really like second chance obviously i mean i did a whole thing and i still am very proud of it any final thoughts thomas you're no, good you're good all right so jackie <laughs> jackie okay. So Jen, do you like fake relationship books? I don't mind them. It depends. Okay, I do like it. De- it I don't depend. necessarily seek out a fake relationship for the fake relationship. Mm-hmm. It might be I really like the author. I like the idea of the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like Red, Red, and Royal Blue, like that just sounded good, regardless of oh, it's a fake. Yeah. Relationship. Second chance, though, I will seek out for second chance. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm the opposite. I, mm. I, I, something about second chance never immediately draws me to it. Mm. Not to say that I haven't picked them up and enjoyed them. Yeah. It's just the premise for some reason. My, I, I always assume that it's not going to be as tantalizing in the beginning because they already have a foundation of understanding mm. of each other. Okay. But that's often not a problem if they've been apart for a yeah. long time or something's really mm-hmm. changed. Whereas with fake relationship, I feel like it's a bit more straightforward. So yeah. I know what's coming. Mm-hmm. And so that is what will draw me into it. That's the reason I'll mm-hmm. reach for it because I kind of can know what to expect. Yeah. Uh, although I think fake dating is a bit of a slippery or slope for me than second chance because mm-hmm. oftentimes I found that the reason they fake date is dumb That's and fair. then I can't get on board. Okay. 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 Um, I am such like a 
vibe reader that I don't even pay attention to like oh it's a fake dating or oh mm-hmm. it's really fake, uh, second chance I just know that I really love a fake relationship but like you said if it is like a really dumb like mm-hmm. precedent I'm like that's not no I do love a fake relationship where one person is doing it deliberately because they want to get close to the other person mm. and it's like okay I'm gonna entrapped you while you're spending time with me i'm gonna be so great you're not gonna want to leave at the end i the, like those so the bully romance against the wall by kate c wells look at us talking about like, it all the time it's it's been so long since i've read it mm-hmm. but he doesn't actually go out to like date her but he initiates like a fake friendship right because what it, it is is bad. no well so what that is is he had like not that this is like a great dynamic, but he had constantly been kind of like in love with her and like yeah. had a crush on her and teasing her was the only way he could get attention. He was like the pull your pigtails type exactly. of Exactly. And in the plot of the book, her her and her father had recently published a report about the town sheriff that made the town hate them. Yes. So it was like protection yeah. for her. He just kind of assigned himself. He her, was there every day to like, like quote unquote bully her. But really kind of like looking out. Yeah. And then finally he does agree <laughs> so to... Uh, will not agree he kind of like takes over and like insists on fake dating her not only because of the town hating her and like being really cruel but she'd had like a breakup and she wanted yes, to rub her face in it that's right mm-hmm. that's right yeah it's really good i love that book i think questionable books with questionable premises are okay as long as if i know if the heroine says stop yeah stop. He'll stop and he did stop then i can get on board with mm-hmm. it if he's overbearing to a point where i question it then i don't think i can get on board mm-hmm. Um, but the cover of this book is hot, so I'll probably read it. <laughs> it's really good. Is I it? love Kate C. Wells. I'll She'd, have to check it out. It's really, um, you don't really have to read the first book. You can jump in the second, but the first one, it is about his brother and finding out that he's actually has this secret child. Mm, secret child. Mm-hmm. You saying like the, the bad, the bad relationship breakup mm-hmm. got me thinking about one of my favorite holiday romances. This comes out in October. So we're supposed to be talking about spooky books, but I, like this popped in my brain. Kiss Her Once for Me by Alison Cochran, which I definitely talked about last year, mm-hmm. but I love that it is women loving women, but the one heroine, um, they kind of like have this when Harry met Sally thing at the very start of the book where they meet, they have a great night and then they kind of just like walk off and never see each other again. And then like fast forward a year later and the one heroine is having a terrible time. She gets, she has a terrible job. She like can't get a design job for all she's worth. And then she gets fired from mm-hmm. her job, but then she ends up dating the owner, like fake dating the owner of the thing. He's like, come back to my family chalet with me for the holiday because they really want to see me have a girlfriend and of course she walks in and who else is there but the woman she spent last christmas with um so it's like and then so she's fake dating the brother but at the same time she's engaging in this relationship with the sister so it's a love triangle Mm. and doesn't ali hazelwood kind of do that with her newest book love theoretically theoretically. oh yeah you know i like well i read that the first one though she did that yeah. yeah. In this one, though, it's a bit more subversive <laughs> where she is fake dating someone and then she falls in love with Guy's brother. Oh. Uh, which funny. is great because yeah. the guy she's fake dating doesn't want to be with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if spins on fake dating, I Those think it's so fun. overdone. Now I'm seeing people do spins on it. I'm like, ooh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So we are now pretty much an hour in, listeners. I think we have talked this through. I think we've come to maybe a point. And Thomas, as the tiebreaker, do you want to talk it out? Do you have questions for us? Cause Any final know. thoughts? Do you need a second? I have forgotten everything everyone has said. Wow. I just remember the laughs. 
the coughs. Oh, I'm sorry. The smiles. The friendship shared today. That's beautiful. Um, so. Are we all winners? Are you going to Regina like George this? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's a winner except love triangle. This was not a love triangle. Okay, well, I... one part of this triangle fell off. And that's just a line. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that kind of worked. I haven't eaten dinner yet, guys. (laughs) I will share my crown with you. Everybody wins! Alright, cool. This is like the lamest ending ever, but... We did good. Yeah. I think I'm going to still, I, like I said, I read on vibes, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to necessarily go out and look for a fake dating, fake relationship. I'm not going to necessarily go out for looking second chance, but I will, you know, now what is our actual favorite trope? Mm. Mine is grumpy sunshine. I love a grumpy <sighs> sunshine. I really love a soulmate. Oh. I don't know if I can say that that's number one. It's really hard to pick one, but like soulmate is usually the first thing that pops into my head. Mm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it used to be enemies to lovers. For you. But the more I thought about it critically, and Tessa Bailey made a really good point when she was talking about writing her enemies to lovers, mm. um, unfortunately yours, is that we need to know from the start that they have they have mutual respect and that that's they fair. actually are attracted to each mm-hmm. other. And so it, it can, and I think that's an ingredient a lot of authors miss. And as I've gotten older, it's something I've become more conscious of. That's fair. So I would have to say... Forest Proc, no. I love Forest Proc. So I, well, I was thinking about that, but you know, Grumpy Sunshine. Okay, it is really good. So I had z- none of that. I, I just jumped right to Grumpy Sunshine in the edit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it's subverted, and the woman is the grumpy, yeah, that's and fun. the male is the sunshine. I, like that I one love too. that. Uh, Tessa Bailey's um, window shopping does that mm. very well. So I think yeah. what we need is a second chance soulmates. Grumpy, Grumpy sunshine, sunshine book, and then we're all set. With a fake relationship? Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> it could be like 10 things I hate about you with a fake friendship. Mm-hmm. And then Grumpy Sunshine, because she's grumpy. He's kind of a sunshine. You know, he's singing on the bleachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Second Chance, they do have their third act breakup. And she declares it in this beautiful, amazing speech that definitely doesn't make her classmates feel awkward. Cool. So, sweet. All right. Well, on that note, everybody say thank you to Thomas. Woo! Thank you so much, thank Thomas. Thank you for having and me hey, again. Thank you so much to listeners for listening to our first ever trope off. Excellent. Don't worry. Woo! We won't be doing this for like another year. Cause no, this, this was just tough. way too much. But hey, power. if you guys have any opinions on your favorite tropes, if you have any opinions on our favorite tropes, if you did not like something one of us said and want to talk to about, then let us know at raging romantics at nopal.org. This was really fun. Excellent. And Hope gang. you guys enjoyed it too. What do we always say? We're not talking about next time. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Jen, what are we doing next time? So in honor of Halloween and in my first episode being back from <gasps> Thank you know, God. the craziness of summer, <laughs> I really want to talk about true crime. <gasps> yeah. Not no no we are not gonna be a true crime podcast and I would like to talk about why I don't want us to be a true crime podcast but I w- I do want to talk about true crime kind of in general and how it is also creeping into romance yes, it's like, like for better or worse heroes not even so much the morally gray it is just it's either a f- a version of the plot like the Tessa Bailey book or like it's a character trait like mm. people are obsessed with true crime it's part of their and how they ca- a lot of people have romanticized serial killers yeah i think uh, i i would like to spend some time talking about it especially in honor of halloween and I'm so excited. especially that we are running out of other supernatural things to talk about so, so we're going to talk about the the monsters and humans yes 
oh that's gonna be so good mm-hmm. and i do have a lot of opinions on true crime podcasters yeah. so there we go um i think we good good and bad yeah opinions um but then also we have a very special thing that we're planning for november oh so yeah it's gonna be really cool it's gonna be a lot of fun and i cannot wait because mm-hmm. it's gonna be about food so you know we love food we love food but mm-hmm. all right gang now jen one final Thomas. time, Thomas. One final time One together. Final time. What do we always say? Rage on! Thank you guys. Bye. Okay, there's a ball. You fight over stuff. It's fine. Not in like wrestling. Well, or they've got other matches. Kind of oh, well, there are balls. We can't keep that. Mm. <laughs> I let you go too far last time <laughs> with the bestiality thing. We can't do that again. Did you? Thing in? I don't remember. Yeah, you kept it. <laughs>